Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the NFL Strategy Show presented by No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lockeran with me, Adam Scher and Josh Engelman. Boys, I must say this much before we get into anything here. We're going to be recapping everything from the week one slate. Do not worry. Ton of showdown content out on the site. Will be tonight live before lock. Josh has been putting a fantastic uh, like five to six minute showdown breakdown out. The man built out an entire showdown model just for you to be able to do this three or four times a week. That's true. I'm not making that up. He's not making but, uh, that up. Fellas, it's really good to be back with the both of you. I don't think we've done a show with just the three of us in, I don't know, feels like a year. So it's been a while. I know. Adam's Have internet's been great. So it's never really a problem for me to hop That's right true. on. <laughs> What's up, Adam? How, 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 did, how did week one go? I know it was... It was rough for a lot of people. Boston Scott uh, with the letdown, the, you know, Deshaun Jackson in another spot where he, but we'll get into all of this, but there were a few spots that, that went exactly as planned. And there were a few that just completely went off the rails, but that's football, right? And week one is going to be volatile and unpredictable, no matter how much preparation you put into it. Yeah, it didn't go great for me. Uh, cash lineups did well. My early only cash lineup actually would have won like every tournament I played, but of course it wasn't in there. Um, Slate cash lineup was fine. My tournament lineups were just absolute trash, though. Um, I was kind of going through with Josh this morning, and it was you know Boston Scott, George Kittle, and one other guy that I had a lot of, oh, Marvin Jones, that that just sucked and kind of sank everything. So not a great first week for me, but you know that that's kind of how it goes. How about you, Josh? Week one? Yeah, it was pretty much the exact same story that he just told. Uh, lots of Boston Scott didn't go well. Lots of Marvin Jones didn't go well. George Kittle didn't go well. And uh, I have been removed from my money uh, as per usual. <laughs> I had something uh, I had something go wrong with, with, with the sorting projections after I crunched, and I end up with less Boston Scott than I wanted. Like, <laughs> I was very upset about how little Boston Scott I had. You're welcome. Uh, and... Ended up coming in around break even. I had a real good day betting on the 1 through 4 p.m. slates. I had 19 prop bets. I went 17 for 19, which is a pretty strong record right there. Not bad. Uh, the two I lost were Marlon Mack over 52 and a half yards. He got hurt. Yeah. And uh, Henry Ruggs over, I think it was, three and a half receptions. And he had three for 53, right? And then got hurt <laughs> yeah. and didn't return. So almost swept the board there. But... I'm glad to have football back. I will say, though, Josh, I, I, I always 
wait for Monday. I'm, I'm champing at the bit to get to, to, sorry, till Sundays, every single week. And then sometimes around four or five o'clock, my God, I fucking hate Monday or Sundays. I, I hate football because you have to wait so long to get back to the next slate. You can't just hit the reset button the very next day. Well, yeah, I, I don't know what it's like to get to like three thirty, four o'clock and think, holy hell, I might have a shot here. Um, so <laughs> it's, it, it's really just, you know, the first half of the one o'clock games uh, is just a really great experience. And then you open up the app and you're like, uh, entry fees. Why? Amount winning is like one tenth of the. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the NFL <laughs> season again. Yeah. Well, the worst part was yesterday, the, the contest, at least on DraftKings, like didn't even load on the app until, you know, a half hour, hour into the slate. So you didn't even get that like brief window of breaking even or making money. By the time it reloaded, I was just down a ton of money. Yep. Yeah. The, the live scoring was down. Um, the, uh, there were a lot of sites. One, one site that I was betting on yesterday didn't pay out. Uh, the 1 p.m. games until like six o'clock, which is the last thing you want to do on week one. If you yeah. want people to keep cycling money back into the site. Um, yeah, it, it, it was pretty wild. All in all, though, uh, it, I, I'm glad to have it back. We're glad to have you guys back with us for this Monday morning quarterback recap show. Josh has put a, a couple really cool things together to throw up on the screen. Um, we did this last year. We're running it back. Same show, different crew. You know, I think it's going to be even better. Uh, and by the way, I mentioned showdown slate tonight. It's not. Uh, it's the greatest Monday night football slate of the year because you have two games. Uh, Josh, are you doing any videos for that or or because it's two games, you're not? Not only am I doing videos for that, there are two individual guy. showdown videos on our YouTube channel right now, breaking down each one of them from a showdown perspective. So not from the two game slate perspective, each one individually showdown breakdown. Dude. Already up and ready. They got posted... 23 minutes ago. Beautiful. It took me a really long time to, to, to do the math of 1045 to right now. That's It's been a long weekend. Yeah, it certainly has. Let's dive into it. Uh, before we do, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. You know it. Helps us out immensely so we can keep putting free content up on the site each and every day. And if you haven't heard about it yet, No House Advantage is the sponsor. Uh, one of our newest sponsors. We're proud to have them on board. They are taking an entirely different spin on what we're doing with Daily Fantasy. It's very cool. And the big thing here is all in the name, right? You hear no house advantage. You say, what the hell does that mean? Well, we're going to tell you. There is no house advantage because you're not playing. You're not betting against the house. You're playing peer-to-peer -peer player prop contest. I love player props. And yeah. uh, Josh, to, to actually throw this to you for a minute, I had a buddy yesterday when I taught. I was very, I was very happy about almost sweeping the board yesterday with these props, right? And and I hit him up, one of my best friends in my wedding, you know, he loves football. He loves betting too. And he's like, I never really thought about it until now, but you DFS guys, like you should be going heavy on other than the limit of what you can bet. Right. The, but he's like, you guys should be going heavy on props because it's literally what your prognostication comes down to every single day. Yeah. The only, the only major problem is just running into like super heavy juice on some of the props and low yeah, limits. There's a lot of that for sure. But if you have access to a lot of sports books, particularly, particularly some of the more egregious versions, uh, you can find some really good lines on some props. And as long as you're shopping around, that's going to be your best bet. Yeah. And the great thing about no house advantage is you don't have to shop around because you can yeah. jump in tournaments. Like I would imagine yesterday had I, jumped into some of these now granted you can't pick all of your own but you you know you can go in and you can pick one like they don't have every single prop that you would find on a like a DraftKings sports book I, I assume they will soon but 
you know, if, if you sweep the board like that, you're taking home that $2,000 top prize that we saw yesterday. There's just no doubt about it. Yeah. Um, and Greg and I were actually talking a little bit about it on the show, uh, thinking about the correlation of some of your props. If you take a, you know, a wide receiver over for yards or receptions, you might want to take the quarterback as well for an over in yards, try to get a little bit of correlation in your lineup. Uh, at first we were thinking, can you correlate individual players? So if you wanted like Julio Jones over receptions, Julio Jones over yards. But once you pick a guy, you can't pick another prop for that individual person. So. Oh, so it's basically like the way on a book that you can't parlay player props. You also can't do it here. That makes Correct. sense. That, yep. Yeah. It okay. Does. That makes sense for sure. Look, it's, it's really cool what they're doing and you're playing against your peers. The same thing you would do on FanDuel or DraftKings, right? You're not playing against the house, uh, which makes it a lot more beatable and a lot more enjoyable. And you can get up to $20 in free money to play on the site by using the promo code AWESOMO, A-W-E-S-E-M-O. Real cash prizes every single day. So if you're coming into this next week and you say, you know what, Miles Sanders is back. Everyone's low on him because of this offensive line. But I think because of the matchup, he's going to rip off way more yards than he's projected for. Then you hit it. Or you say, this line looked so bad last week that I'm hammering the under on that. Go ahead. Put him in your five-point spot here at no house advantage and let it ride again use that promo code awesome a-w-e-s-e-m-o they'll match your first deposit up to twenty dollars and if you refer a friend which is no reason not to especially given that you can create your own contest just like you would on any other site you get five more dollars after your first deposit beat your friends not the house win big with player props today and download the app no house advantage I've got it up on the screen right now. 3K for tonight's game. They have a two-game slate. 1,500 to first, uh, 15 bucks to get in. Props are loaded for everybody in both of those games. Anybody that you're going to you know, want to bet on. There's no props for like holding calls on an offensive lineman or something, but you can get Saquon Barkley over under 100 plus, 100.5 receiving yards plus rushing yards. Oh, really I like, like that. I like the over there. Yeah, although, man, this is a tough Pittsburgh team, but... It is what it is, Adam. Yesterday was was definitely a missed bag and a mixed bag in many respects. If you had a lot of Eagles players, right? I, I had a lot of Dallas Goddard, which was great early on. I'm thinking, oh my God, this is exactly what I was expecting. This guy is going to be a stud and we're finally getting those production. They go up 17 nothing. You're thinking, dude, at this rate, Boston Scott doesn't have to be productive. He's going to get a ton of work. And then... Uh, airing it out to Jalen Rager for a 55 yard bomb. Deshaun's not grabbing him, but he's getting chances. It just, it looked like the perfect recipe for success for DFS long, deep passes, then playing with the lead, grind the clock out. And then they give up 27 unanswered and everything went to hell after that. Especially if you had a lot of Boston Scott, I know the chat can relate and I know most of us can relate as well. Yeah. Boston I mean, the Scott. thing, it was just really important to keep in mind that the Washington football team is so much better than the Philadelphia Eagles that you kind of knew they were going to come back. You know, I so, really wa I, I was going to come into that chat and say, Emac, fuck you. When he <laughs> when he mushed that, he came in for anyone wondering in one of our private chats, Adam, he came in and was like, Adam, sorry about your Washington football team's performance against Lafayette's Eagles. Boom. Five minutes later, it's 1717. I apparently have Emac muted. I just found that out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you, Josh. I have that same jersey, by the way. This one? No, you don't. Because what you, you think this is Sean Taylor, but it's oh, actually do, yeah. Terry Allen. Oh, well, okay. that's, just, that's just dumb. <laughs> that's but, the first uh, one I saw in the closet. I have Heath Schuler in there if you want me to grab that one. I don't think you have that one either. 
Yeah, I don't. nobody should have that uh, one. Hey, sure he's like the former governor of my oh, state or senator of. Yeah, my, isn't some, he like a senator? It's something like that. Yeah. Are you supposed to burn those jerseys now? No. <laughs> Keith Schuler no. was incredible. I'm in joking. I'm talking about the name change. Now Terry um, Allen for life, my man. But no, in all seriousness, Adam, that's kind of the stuff that. And one of the one of the points of doing this show is so we can all come in and sometimes commiserate together. There's going to be yeah. times where we celebrate together, and I already know. We had some. I had a couple. I had a couple guys that watched the show that that DM or that tweeted at us yesterday that had huge days. It's going to happen, right? Like you're going to have lineups without Boston Scott that go off. We were very high on on guys like Devontae Adams and and Thielen and, and Jacobs who had three touchdowns. But sometimes Adam, it can be one guy that you just have heavy exposure to that completely that completely falls apart. And Boston Scott was that guy, and Deshaun Jackson ultimately was that guy as well. Yeah, exactly. It's it's still an event driven sport, and not you know not that there's like less there's still obviously correlation, but it's not quite you know like you kind of compare it to baseball in that aspect. But in baseball, you know, sixty percent or whatever of your lineup is stacked from the same team, and so like sixty percent of your team correlates. In football, you're still only getting you know quarterback and two two pass catchers or, or whatever you know scheme you go with. There's still a lot of your lineup that doesn't correlate really with anything. So it's really easy to just have those days where the guys that you're heavy on, you know, like Boston Scott yesterday, just just disappoint, and it doesn't really matter what the rest of stuff you were right about was. Yeah, and. There were a couple spots that were that were huge. Just a few injuries were really unfortunate as well. Like I said, I really liked Marlon Mack. Dude had six. What do we know? When did when exactly did he get hurt? Not exactly, but was it in the early second quarter? Do you guys remember? Sounds about right. Marlon first, Mack. first half sounds right to me. Definitely first half. Definitely first half. Well, he had but, six, and confirmed torn Achilles. By the way, yeah, that's it's that's horrible. Josh, the thing too is with 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 Marlon Mack. He had six, I think he had around 60 yards from scrimmage very early in that game. We were on our way, or at least personally, because I, I had liked him a little bit. I even artificially or I manually adjusted some things to get more of him. And I did the same with Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs comes down an inch from the goal line. And I had Jacobs too in a lot, but Jacobs punches the ball in and then Ruggs is gone. So the football can be super frustrating in that injuries will get you if they're having a good game. And, and it looks like they're on pace to, to put up really solid numbers. My best lineup had like, I think, 198 or 200 fantasy points and Marlon Mack was in it. So it's not to say I would have won, but it definitely means that there were a lot of lineups that got eaten alive by guys like Boston Scott and unfortunately by players with injuries such as Mack and Henry Ruggs. We saw a lot of that yesterday. Yeah, I've got Mack pulled up right now. Uh, four carries, 26 yards. Three catches on three targets for 30 yards. So 8.6 yeah. DK points and then just Gonzo, 5,300. Done. Yeah. I, it Maybe chat with someone, because I was trying to watch all of these different games. Yes, Steven, he's on the end of his rookie contract. He's in, this is really bad time to tear your Achilles. It's really actually terribly unfortunate. Uh, I, I can't imagine he lands anywhere and gets considerable money at all. No. Uh, but. Yeah, I, if, if anybody knows in chat when exactly he got hurt, I, I guess it's unimportant. But, Josh, what do you say we take a look at, at the top lineup on the slant? We decided collectively that we weren't going to use the Millie Maker yeah. because it's just you – know, they're all – when I say lottery tickets, yeah. you guys would agree. You, you, need, you need to be good at what you're doing, but you also need some luck. Like, you need some things to go right when you're winning a massive field contest, right? Yeah, um, I mean, you're, you're – 
the whole thing is putting yourself in a position to get yeah. lucky. But when you talk about a $5 milli maker with a million entries, it's like putting yourself in a position to get struck by lightning. But it's still <laughs> probably not going to happen. <laughs> you're, 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 it's, you're one out of 1.2 million to win a million. Just buy a Powerball ticket. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, essentially luck is just putting yourself in a position for good things to happen and ex- taking advantage of that. But uh, so we decided to use the slant. Uh, as a good example here, Josh, you could pull up that winning lineup. Toss boss. I With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I believe it was. Top, came top down boss, with the win. 150. Played 150. Takes it down. With a zero. Yes. And I mentioned on, I said in jest, tongue in cheek, on the deeper dive, that because this is one of those wild weeks and thing, crazy things happen, that Robert Tanyan would be in the winning Millie Maker lineup. I know it's not the Millie Maker. Understand that. But he was in the winning slant lineup, Josh. 1.8% ownership with a score of zero. This guy dropped 254 with a goose egg at the tight end position. It's crazy. Yeah, it. Uh, I would have never expected that to happen in this particular slate. But yeah, Rodgers, Kamara, Jacobs, Thielen, Ridley, Adams, Robbie Anderson, and Saints D, along with the Robert Tanyan, bagel for the win yeah he so toss boss had one two three four five six seven seven lineups in the top hundred of the slant hard to do here are the quarterbacks rogers murray wilson haskins cousins rogers wentz only rogers in there twice and he had seven lineups in the top hundred yeah looks like a lot of goddard a lot of robbie anderson jamerson crowder 61% 61% Kamara, 59% Josh Jacobs, 52% Devontae Adams. That's going to help you out a bit. <laughs> can we, Josh, can well, the, we go? The... Oh, okay. You went into his player. Okay. I'm a little bit delayed here. So uh, 60% Kamara. Yeah. Uh, Devontae Adams was just such a spectacular play yesterday. Yeah. They, Adam, they have nobody else to go to. So. You know, when, when you're looking at whether or not you want to roster certain players, it never, and, and I said, I said um, tirelessly that I loved Adams and feeling in that game. And I was nervous to stack it, but you know, you have the answer to that. These teams put up monster numbers uh, on both sides of the field. And, you know, even someone like Alan Lazard had enough points to carry you through. Uh, but yeah, the, 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 the opportunity with some of these players was unmistakable yesterday. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins showed it as well. What did he have? 14 receptions or something crazy? These top price guys really came through. By the yes. way, um, zero Boston Scott for the winner. Wow. Go what ahead, Adam. Zero Boston Scott for the guy oh, that won. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, yeah. That was going to say with regard to the Packers too. Also, my boy uh, Marquez Valdez Scantling with the big game. Almost a monster game too. He dropped like another really long touchdown. Um, but yeah, you know, your, your point about Adams, there's just nobody else there to really cut into his targets. I think I saw, um, the tweet was that excluding, you know, uh, thrown away, excluding throwaways, like 41% market share for Adams yesterday. So, uh, just really 
you know, ridiculous opportunity there. That's such a nutty number for like it, 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 remarkable numbers from somebody like him, but it's not surprising because really what else do you, what else is going to happen there? Uh, and then Hopkins, Josh caught 14 of 16. He had 23 or uh, I'm sorry, 14 of 16 for 150 yards, no scores, but you're still going to see some wonky pricing coming into week two. I've, I've been looking at this a little bit, just like very cur- complete cursory look, not a ton of time put into it at all, but it's still going to take a few weeks before we, we get exactly where we need to be for sure. And, you know, there's also, there's also the fact that uh, not to jump around too much here, but these Monday night games, uh, the, if, if a player comes out of nowhere and ends up producing big numbers, they're already released the salaries for, for next week. So sometimes you'll see somebody get, you know, 28% market share of targets. Nobody expected him. He's three K and now you're getting him at minimum salary because the salaries were already out the the day before the game. Great opportunity for that with Pittsburgh here. Um, You know, obviously we don't know exactly what it's going to look like with like James Washington, Chase Claypool, um, Deontay Johnson, like how it's going to be split up there. Everyone assumes Deontay Johnson's too. And then James Washington behind him, but uh, that there's definitely the opportunity there for something to happen tonight where going the next week, there's just like a must play at, at a cheap salary. It's exactly what I was referring to as well. Like Claypool, probably not going to be the guy, but if it happens, if it so happens that Roethlisberger just has a connection with him, which we've seen with co- wide receivers before in this offense, he's minimum salary. So, yeah, I mean, like the, the exa- like an example from yesterday, like with, with the Bengals, obviously you have green, you have Boyd. It was kind of just like, you know, what are they going to do with Higgins, Ross, and Auden Tate? Like, are they just going to split snaps or whatever? John Ross ended up playing more snaps than both of Green and Boyd. Higgins and, and Tate, I think, both played less than 20 snaps. You know, if you get some sort of split like that from, like, Washington and Claypool for, for Pittsburgh, they're going to be really good values next week because their prices can't adjust. Scotty Miller, too, with uh, Tampa Bay was actually targeted quite frequently. It isn't to say that you expect a lot from him, but, yeah, you're, you're, you're going to get quite a bit of that. Josh, did anything else stand out to you from from what we're seeing in the slant, from what we're seeing uh, on this slate itself, uh, as far as exposures go, as far as the top winning lineups? Uh, anybody, obviously you didn't want Boston Scott, but was there anything that stood out as, hey, you needed to have this combo or were there enough combos to get us there where it didn't need to be just one stack? So a couple of things stood out. One, we would be remiss to not shout out the fact that the boss man himself, Alex Baker, finished seventh. Uh, in the slant. So kudos awesome. to him for the top 10. That's uh, weird. I thought he won literally every tournament that he was at the top of. Normally. <laughs> that is actually really true. He's either all the way at the top or you don't see his name. It's true. Yeah. No, like I, I it seems so rare to see him like in the top 10, but not in first. That is super weird. What, what was his lineup, Josh? Lineup was Joe Burrow at QB, uh, Boston Scott, Josh Jacobs, Thielen, Ridley, Devontae Adams, Goddard, A.J. Green, Saints. So a Burrow, A.J. Green stack, nobody else coming back. You know, he said he ran four different crunches. He said this on the Deeper Dive yesterday. And this is why I love doing this show, because I I thought it was super useful last year, and I know a lot of people liked it as well. Um, You know, I did this show with the man who shall not be named, I guess, in the DFS space anymore. But... um, which one? Like, Josh, the, the, the awesome thing about it is we can go back and look at what's worked and what's not working and, and some of the top players, what they're doing. And I remember somebody, I, I know you, the three of us actually discussed this one day and we, we had a laugh about it because 
you, you'll get once in a while people that are, are new to this and they're new to crunching. So always willing to help out with this stuff. And Adam specifically, you got super into MMEing a couple of years ago and, and had some really solid success with it. Josh is super t- supremely talented with, with building stuff out for crunching. Uh, and I'm, I know my way around fantasy cruncher as well, but you'd have people to go, like, okay, so someone won the Millie maker and th- the, the person that's reviewing these lineups, they want to be able to replicate what that lineup was. And it's someone you've never heard of. They had a single entry and it's a lineup that never in a million years, if you ran 5 million crunches, you wouldn't have come up with it. You really want to draw that that you really want to be able to differentiate from if something worked, was it actually the right thing? And if something didn't work, was it actually the wrong thing each week? Yeah. And I think um, like, obviously in this case, knowing Alex too, it's, it's, it's easier to break down his lineups because like, you know, you mentioned that in this particular lineup, you have Burrow and green. So only the single Cincinnati stack, nobody coming back. Um, not to you know speak for him or to to give you know too much away, but I know that he factors correlation into how he views his lineups in addition to projection. So like if you you know like I talk a lot about using ownership and projection basically to to choose my top lineups. If I run some crunches like that where I'm just going burrow plus green with nobody coming back, I'm gonna get a disproportionate amount of those lineups because they are gonna project better since I'm not forcing the correlation. Um, but by making sure that you're accounting for that, he you know I, I'm sure Alex didn't get a disproportionate amount because I know that he factors that in. So um, he basically was saying, like, I'm sure he discounted that lineup because of the lack of correlation, but it still showed up as a, a top lineup. He had two okay. lineups with Joe Burrow. What's that? He had two lineups with Joe Burrow. Wow. How do you account for that? Right? Like we know that if you were to run, like, okay, let's say you're stacking and you're setting groups in cruncher you, and, and you look at Lamar Jackson and you're like, listen, I want some of this guy but I don't want to set the same group for him as everybody else where everybody else you have to pair with at least, you know, a lot of times the, the most popular crunch I'll do is at least two of the same team and at least one of the opposing team and 99.9, not 99.9, but most of the time you're going to get two and one. You're not going to get more than that because of exactly what you just said, Adam, it's not, it's just not going to feed you worse teams, even though, you know, what worse teams on paper. Uh, how do you account for something like that where you know that if you run four different crunches, let's say 500 lineups each, and one of them is basically just one player on the team with your quarterback and nothing else, how do you figure out ways to not have that show up all over the place when you're trying to put in 150 lineups with a little bit of balance between all of the stacks? Yeah, it's something that you would do outside of Cruncher when you're, you're choosing your lineups. Um, I think the probably two easiest ways off the top of my head to approach it would be either to know or to, to basically have the specific like position correlations like quarterback to wide receiver one, quarterback to wide receiver two, et cetera, and just have basically each lineup you know in, in Excel have a correlation score, and then you would weight that. Or you could just take like from the top stack tool, for example, you know, say um, – you know, basically take like the chance of Cincinnati being the top stack, but then in Excel have it basically say, you know, like, like just if you have three guys from Cincinnati, give it a higher score than if you have two guys from Cincinnati, um, for example. So I think either of those ways would work. And then it's just a matter of basically saying, okay, I'm going to take the projection from this lineup. I'm going to take the projected ownership and I'm going to take the correlation score. I'm going to mix them all together and then see what you know comes to the top. I have another recommendation uh, if anybody's trying to get into that. 
Um, it's going to take a little bit of work on the back end, but run crunches. Let's say you run a fully a full set of naked crunches. We'll do we'll say a hundred lineups. Run a full set of you know one wide receiver tight end coming back. Run one with two. Run a crunch with one coming back from the opposite side, with two coming back from the opposite side. Find out the average projected score for each one of those styles of lineup. You'll notice that the un uh, the, the one without any uh, stacking should have the highest average. You can then boost up the lineups of the stacked lineup. So let's say you have one with quarterback, two wideouts, and you're bringing somebody back. There might be, uh, you know, a three to four percent boost to all of those lineups clear across the board, so that you can put every single different style of stack on the same playing field. Yeah, that's a, a really easy way to do it, too. Yeah, that's a great idea because that there the, there would be times too where I'd even want to have uh, if if you take the reverse of this, Josh. Where there were times where there were just insane games where I said, you know what, I might just want to full out stack this game to the point yeah. where. You want, you know, where you're only doing one and one, like one player with the quarterback, you're going to get too much. But if you're trying uh, to find ways to get maybe three pass catchers and run back with two or run back with one in the same game, you're going to get none of them. Right. You know what I mean? You're never going to get. It's going to filter straight to the bottom because you're never going to get anything with as high of a projection as you would if you didn't have any stacks at all. Steve French said, I just did a set of naked crunches. I'm fat. (laughs) That's good to know. Um, no, it's not. So exposures here. Let's go over, Josh. Let's go over the highest owned uh, players. In can, can we pull that up? Can we pull up the highest owned players from this from this site? Yeah, and, and then I think we, we might want to touch on the guys that are most owned in the top end of the lineups. If we sort Absolutely. that down to like the yeah. top one percent, but I have uh, all of the exposures pulled up for. So let's pull up exposures everything. first. Yeah, and then we'll take the the top one percent exposures, which is really important to look at. So I've got it up on the screen right now. Out on the right side, it is sorted by the public ownership. If you look directly next to it, you'll also find the boss man, Alex Baker's ownership. 88% Boston Scott. Wow. Yeah. All right, glad I'm, I'm not a complete idiot. Yeah. But it's not that... It's not like that is strange. There, no. That offensive line was terrible yesterday. Terrible, terrible, terrible. But... Boston Scott won people tournaments last year on several occasions. As a matter of fact, Boston Scott won somebody a solo 250K in the DraftKings showdown slate last year. So Boston Scott is in the fourth ranked lineup in the slant. You got to four. Okay. So you could have, if you had him, you weren't dead in the water. You can still win with that. All right, what and else? And even to have? the point about even to the point about the offensive line, like that's not even necessarily a detriment to Scott because No, I thought they'd get the ball out of the hands quickly to avoid right, that and get it to Scott. Right, exactly. Like, yeah, he's he's not gonna maybe he's not gonna break off, you know, 20 yard run after 20 yard run, but uh if if you don't have the time to be bombing it down the field to Deshaun Jackson, right. You know, catch that's why i that the main reason i was willing to go so heavy on scott was because it was like at worst he's probably going to get enough catches where um just the catches give you a a high enough floor adam (laughs) i said the exact same thing yesterday and on saturday that i'm not as worried about the line because just use him as a safety valve like just just get the ball out of your hands quickly to him which was another reason by the way that i kind of liked dallas goddard because he's going to be running more intermediate routes than somebody like Rager or, or Deshaun Jackson. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a shame and it is what it is. 
I hate to use that term, but I think the 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 logic there made sense. Uh, it just it didn't pan out. So it is what. And it also, is. also yeah. to Josh's point about him being in one of the top lineups, it just goes back to it's really difficult for value plays to kill you. Um, it's very easy for expensive plays to kill you, and that's why typically you're going to spread your exposure around more amongst expensive players and be more willing to just say, I'm playing a ton of this cheap guy. For sure. Steve asks, was Philly O-line terrible or Washington D-line dominant? Both. 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 And Philly's offensive line is dealing with myriad injuries. They're down Brandon Brooks for the year. They lost Andre Dillard. and With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Johnson, who is arguably the best right tackle in the league, was also out so they were decimated uh, yeah it was- it's not like it's not like we're saying like oh you should have known the philly o-line was bad and ter- like you just knew based on the guys they're missing that it right. wasn't going to be good and, and you knew they're going up against a great uh washington defensive line absolutely all right josh back to you man yeah uh one thing i do want to point out that is probably going to get not talked about at all boston scott josh jacobs the two most owned guys in the slant they are also the two highest owned guys from alex you don't have to just fully avoid the quote-unquote chalk. Um, you can certainly get significantly over the field. While Boston Scott only put up 7.4 fantasy points, I'm sure Alex was plenty happy to have the 36 fantasy points from Josh Jacobs in 70% of his lineups in the slant. Absolutely. He uh, he was underweight on guys like Devontae Adams. Yep. Uh, Marvin Jones came in around half the field on Jones, a little, little more than that, but uh, t- almost a third of the field on Devontae Adams. Let's um yeah so the an interesting thing here too Josh is there's only five guys who had 20 plus percent ownership on yep. this slate Boston Scott Jacobs Adams Marvin Jones and Terry McLaurin which actually really surprised me I did not think he would be a top five owned guy in this contest too good man Redskins oops did it football team it's gonna happen I've already said it I'm 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 not apologizing for saying a name that I've been saying since I was. Since I could speak, yeah, they, they were my, my favorite. They're my favorite team since 1990. I, I they don't, my, yeah, they were my team as a kid. Art Monk, man, like th- this was a team that I was all on board with. Then I grew up and said, you know what? I well, and, and I, I said it too from like the time that it came out that they were going with Washington football team. That's like you, you're going to get more slip ups that way because they don't have a name. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> it, there, there's no like, there's no like, oh yeah, they're the Red Bulls now, like you have to actually actively think like, oh yeah, they don't have a name. So. <laughs> right. It's crazy. It's, it's, it's pure crazy. Should have gone Washington Snyder's got sponsored by that pretzel company. <laughs> I wanted the Sentinels from uh, the replacements. That would have been good. Would have been good. Like, pretty much well, anything other than what they did would have been great. Pretty much. Yeah. So Alex had sticking to his guns here, had 28 T Y Hilton. Um, what did T.Y. finish with? Nine. nine. Four, yeah. Nine, three. Um, looking at just a few of these other guys, Allen Robinson, 12-3. Anthony Miller looked good, by the way. It was really nice to see uh, him him starting to really mature. I think he's going to be really good. Um, 
Who are the biggest who are the biggest busts compared to their ownership, really, if, if we're just looking at this? Other than Boston Scott, obviously. Marvin Jones, Terry McLaurin, Kittle. Antonio Gibson, Eckler. Kittle, too. Yeah. How but does Kittle only have nine fantasy points when their entire D is de- or uh, their entire wide receiving core is decimated? Didn't hope that help that Jimmy G hung him out to dry, at least. Yes, I didn't help that he got hurt. Yeah. Man. How much? How, how much? I thought Kittle can't return. He, he did. He's a little banged up. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just meant he he did return. I I know that much. Yeah. Speaking of but someone guess, that had like forty five percent Kittle, I was playing paying close attention to for sure. His so lack was of how was not because my day was already over. But. Yeah. Five targets, four catches for forty four yards. Wah, wah. Hmm. I I would go back to Kittle in that spot ten times out of ten though. Yeah. Really, really don't care. Uh, I yeah, I mean he was the most owned tight end. Um, 15.2% owned. Next closest, Hayden Hurst at 12 and a half. Trying but, to look to see what else we had here. I thought there were a couple others uh, that really, really, like Antonio Gibson was 17%. He, get, I took the under on 39 and a half rushing yards for him just because I'm not, I wasn't convinced the guy they had 77 career carries before that was going to be able to do much. Uh, he finished with, I think, 36. He and did. Peyton Barber was icing that game. You notice Peyton Barber closed that game out, which was uh, somewhat surprising, but not a huge shock. What about the – did you want to go hit on the uh, top 1% of lineups? I'm yeah. pretty curious to see what this looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So what I did in lineup study, and anybody can do this, um, there are 39,215 entries. So what I'm looking at are the top 393, the top 1% of this contest. You can then come out to this right-hand side, click on player usage, and just see the exposures for those lineups. 84% Devontae Adams, 72% Josh Jacobs, 57% Calvin Ridley. Everybody else then, 38% or below. You can really, like, there are like significantly more than one way to skin a cat here. You need at least two of Adams, Jacobs, Ridley. You probably need all three to be in this top spot. After that, like, there's just a lot of different dudes that put up 20 fantasy points that you could end up having. DK Metcalf, Boston Scott. But, like, Boston Scott is fifth. Redskins D, Thielen, Matt Ryan, Kamara, Boston Wilson, Scott's Hawkinson. fifth. Boston yep. Scott's fifth in top 1% lineups ownership share? 36.6% of the top 1% lineups have Boston That's Scott. Cr- wow. So, it'll, you know why? Because it allowed them to get Adams, and it allowed them to get Ridley in that same lineup with Jacobs. And once again, oh, how much was, how much, do you have it pulled up? I have see. everything pulled up. You're the man, Josh. 20% how, Gibson. How on, oh, would you, you know whose name we don't see on there? McCaffrey. Maybe, I want to make sure I'm not dumb here and I just missed it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey, 3.6% of the top 1%, 14 total lineups. Yep. Yep. Look, you have to hit the dudes that go full on bonkers, especially if they have any sort of ownership. After that, like there's there's really a lot of different ways you can get there, and that's where it starts to feel uh, really uncomfortable when you start getting into like the Jamison Crowders and the I don't mean like you know you get that monster touchdown from Robbie Anderson. The baller said, "You guys were absolute shit yesterday." Boston Scott, Chris Thompson, Antonio Gibson, Philip Rivers. First of all, I don't know who was on Gibson, but uh. We just we just mentioned with Boston Scott. I'm 
not really sure how you can attribute blame uh, to, to people. I'll happily take responsibility for a lot of things that I get wrong. There's no doubt about that. But you just mentioned it now. He was the fifth highest owned player in the top 1% of lineups yesterday. Like, he, got, he, he can get you to fourth overall in the, in the contest. Yeah. The so, guy that won the contest did it with a zero. Mm-hmm. He also won the entire tournament by 18 fantasy points. So, whew. That's crazy. God, what a boring what a boring sweat. Make a worse team next time. <laughs> yeah. What about quarterbacks, Adam? You had uh, Russell Wilson at 23% of the top 1% lineups. Chris Carson, not a quarterback, but same team, 20%. Metcalf, uh, 38%. That's a pretty interesting uh, – like you're just looking at these teams that put up monster numbers, and that was one. But Matt Ryan, 25%. Russell Wilson, 23%. Rodgers, 18%. And then it falls off a cliff to five or six or less percent guys like Josh Allen, Lamar, and Cousins. But, yeah, Ryan Wilson and Aaron Rodgers uh, did the real heavy lifting on this slate. And even the yeah, guy that finished Josh second had Cousins. Up. Like you can, it's it's fully random at the top. Rogers, Cousins, Ryan, Trubisky, Wilson, Burrow, Allen, like Lamar Jackson. That's all different guys in the top ten. Go ahead, Adam. Yeah, Josh and I were talking about it before the show, but like quarterbacks individually don't really matter that much. It's more of who 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 do they pair with? Like, um, normally, in if there's a week where I'm not really spread out at quarterback, normally I'm just really really spread out. Um, it's because like, I'm just going really heavy on like Julio Ridley Lockett or something. So I'm just getting a ton of Wilson and, and Ryan in that game. Um, for example, like quarterbacks basically are quarterback exposure is basically driven by the other positions. Um, like Aaron Rodgers, if you're making lineups that correlate and you're playing a lot of Devontae Adams, you're going to drive up your Aaron Rodgers just because he works with Devontae Adams. So it, it's kind of almost, I guess, like counterintuitive because like, obviously in real life, quarterbacks are so important, but it, when, when you look at your exposure across fantasy lineups, it's normally kind of like the the last, not not the last guy in, but kind of like the least important piece. You're you're just kind of trying to fit someone that, if your team goes off, is likely to do well. Okay, uh, Lamar Jackson too. What was the highest lineup he was in? Tenth. Tenth. Yeah. Okay. It's naked as well. Huh. It was Lamar, Gibson, Jacobs, Ridley, Adams, Crowder, Herndon, Kamara, football team. Interesting. Yeah. Football team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think there were just a few games here that you really needed to have, even if that you absolutely, if you didn't have them now, you didn't need to have all of them, right? You didn't need to have every single one of these, but Josh, like you said, probably two of those three receivers. Yep. Um, and, more so you're looking at how many how many monster scoring games do we have the uh i think green bay minnesota had 70 plus points um tampa bay new orleans had 57 which is isn't bad chicago detroit had a fair amount of uh, scoring as well deandre swift what a brutal drop that was just horrible Meanwhile, uh, I'm just screaming, like, throw it to Jones, throw it to Hawkinson. Nah, I know. Swift. I know, ah, so bad. dropped it. Vegas, Awful. Carolina, 64. Uh, and then uh, where's and then Seattle and Atlanta had 63. So there were a lot of high-scoring games uh, that just soared over that total. 
And really, there wasn't a single 50-point over-under going yeah. into this game either. So, yeah, I, I think it's, it's, it's pretty interesting to see that you probably could have gotten away from one game that maybe if it happened on the 1 p.m. slate, Josh, you'd say, oh, I'm screwed. Uh, and then you get a, a, a potentially a 4 p.m. game where it just changes everything. And that happens every week. Uh, and I think, you know, if you had pieces of Seattle, Atlanta, uh, Green Bay, Minnesota was another one. Vegas, Carolina, particularly the, the Josh Jacobs uh, exposure there. There were a lot of different ways, as you said, to skin a cat on this slate. The highest exposure of the top 1% for tight ends was Hawkinson in 21%. It's just like a full-on grab bag of tight ends. It's almost like you shouldn't care at all about quarterback and tight end, and everything that you need to do is at running back and wide out. Yeah. Uh, Michael Campbell says, Lafay, only problem is, I'm assuming he is saying New Orleans, Tampa Bay was empty other than Kamara. Um, and I think the Saints defense. Yeah. Yeah, Saints defense had, what, 15 or so. Uh, pretty solid from them. But yeah, look, are you shocked though, Adam? I'm, I'm not, I wasn't shocked that Breeze didn't have a huge game or that Brady didn't have a huge game. It's, it wasn't that surprising. Although if you rostered Michael Thomas, you are absolutely devastated paying that much for him. Yeah, I was going to say the other thing with that game was like you look at where the scoring came from. Um, I mean, so like or versus like who, who you were rostering. Michael Thomas was was shut down. Mike Evans had a touchdown, but it was his only catch of the game. Sanders had a touchdown, but didn't do a whole lot else. Kamara had the touchdown, but didn't get yards. Um, OJ Howard had a touchdown. People are playing Gronk over him. Like th There were a lot of points in that game. It was just both of those teams have so many guys that um, that, that production can go to, and that's, that's really what you saw. I don't know if we have, should have any confidence in this team going forward. We'll talk about that a lot more throughout the week, Josh, but uh, this was one game where you got 57 points and kind of left yourself scratching your head, wondering where all of those points came from. Like OJ Howard was one that didn't help anybody. Mike Evans had a single garbage time reception for two yards and a touchdown. They're just this, this game as, as Mike pointed out in chat was largely disappointing. If you were, let's say you had to go somewhere with the wife, right? throughout the day you couldn't watch the games which is completely unacceptable but yeah. let's assume that was the case <laughs> leave her immediately doesn't happen to me yeah but if it did happen to you i'm sure it has once or twice right let's say it did and then you come back home and it would also be crazy if you're not checking scores throughout the entirety of this as well right you'd be nuts let's say you did it you just put everything away and came back and you said oh nice 57 total points and then you check the box score you're wildly underwhelmed by everything you're looking at yeah, it's the equivalent of when you wake up in the morning after like baseball and you see that your highest on stack scored like 15 runs and then you look and it was like the eight and nine hitter each hit two home runs. Yeah, it's brutal. There's not um, really ownership in this game though. Like Kamara was the most owned guy at 18%. You're obviously happy with his performance. Godwin at 14%, 14 fantasy points is not ideal. Obviously Michael Thomas, full bust. And then you get down to like 5% Saints. It's once again, it's just, it's a grab bag. Like you're not like... Nobody owned Brady. Nobody owned any of these dudes. Ownership was weird. Yeah, it was very strange. I, look, with, with super cheap guys, you can have them and not get burned by it. You obviously don't ever want to get zeros, but Robert Tanyan being uh, the, the, in the, the winning lineup with a, with a zero at 2,500 basically allows you to get everything you want, uh, and, and you're going to see a lot of that, so... You know, it, it, you, you have to find the right balance and there are going to be spots where the lineup that produces well is the last one that you'd ever expect it to be. 
Like Josh, if you're if you're looking through your lineups before you bring before you import them to DraftKings, there are going to be a lot of them where just like everything about you is telling you to get rid of that lineup because of how bad it looks, but you don't do it because there's a reason for that. And oftentimes the ones that that are are not nearly as popular are gonna are gonna do well. But you know, if you saw a lineup with Robert Tanyan in it, more than likely you're not gonna say, "Hey, I love that lineup" before the game starts. Especially if you think he gets a zero. <laughs> like, exactly. like if I tell you before that, hey, Robert Tanyan's going to get a zero, you're probably like, all right, well, I won't check that score any longer. Yeah. I mean, I think to, to your point, it's one of the best things I've ever done DFS-wise is find a way to essentially automate my process so that I'm not manually picking what lineups I'm playing because your biases, you can do everything right to that point as far as making your lineups your biases are going to weigh in when you decide what lineups to make. Um, so, you know, I, I regularly don't even really know who's in the lineup that I play. And I've ever done. How much though, does it, if you're looking at your exposures, say before you put the lineups in Adam, how difficult is it or not? How difficult is it? How often will you say, you know what? That's way too much of this guy. Let me figure out a way to, to knock that down a little bit or, or let me get more of this guy. Uh, to, to, to even it out a little bit because you have to make some adjustments and, and manipulate it a little bit, right? I mean, if I look at that stuff, I do find guys to adjust and normally it doesn't work out. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I typically don't look at who I have until like after lock, I find out. Um, it's, you know, I, I just use, I, I trust everything I put in place to, to make those lineups and choose the top ones. And I think that that kind of stuff is, is just better than I'm going to be at, going through it and figuring that out, you know, like, cause everything's a combination. It's not just, Oh, he's a good salary or, Oh, he's low owned or he's a great player or whatever. It's all a combination of all that stuff. And when you're just looking at lineups and manually adjusting stuff, it's really hard to correctly weight all that in. Um, you know, for me, all I have to do, if I go back to the last MMA slate, like I've been really successful in MMA since I started playing it and always using the same you know process. Basically I looked at my top lineup and I was just like, this doesn't have a good enough chance of doing well. I changed it, ended up, losing a ton of money that lineup would have made me a bunch like it's just you're you're manually you're not going to account for things as accurately as you could by um putting a process in place that does it for you right and that's it's it's tough i i guess josh i'll ask you as well because you've been automating lineups for a while now yeah. uh, is there is there an adjustment process just allowing to yourself to say i'm you know maybe i don't know best in all of these situations uh, maybe me making all of these adjustments because it's what, like, because in that case, what's the point of even automating them, right? If you're right. just going to have a say in absolutely every lineup that comes out. Yeah. I, I just try to make sure that nothing is too wildly out of whack on like one or two options. The more that I start to, if I start to like really get into it too much, then I try to start from scratch. But like yesterday, uh, for example, Mitch Trubisky was sorting like disproportionately to the top for me. Now, I knew that I was going to have him as one of my most exposed quarterbacks, but instead of having the 40% that I originally had, I walked it back a bit just by um, limiting his lowest lineup. So let's just say that I had him in 40 lineups. I wanted him in 25. I cut the bottom 15. The next 15 best lineups for me just sort to the top. That allowed me to not just be like 
fully out of whack. It keeps all of my running back and wide receiver exposures normal. Nothing else got weird there, but it did help to redistribute my quarterback exposures. But I didn't want to go too far down that rabbit hole. So I believe he was the only guy that I actually tweaked was to just bring him down to be my top exposed quarterback, but not be three times as exposed as everybody else that I had. Yeah, to, to add to that, um, that that is the one time or, or one of the only times that I do try and adjust stuff is or, or I'll look at, you know, like if, for example, I had a ton of Trubisky, I'll go and look and see what I have, you know, what I have him projected at. You know, is, is he randomly projected one point higher than like six quarterbacks that are more expensive than him? Yeah. And, you know, obviously it's arbitrary if you know that that one point is arbitrary like so make you know I'll, I'll say okay his projections probably or maybe a little bit high i'll cut it back so it at least makes sense in terms of the guys priced around him and then resort and naturally get less that way um that comes up a lot in basketball where you know one minute one way or the other can make a really big difference um so yeah like i, I think that's if you are getting much of of one or two players to make you uncomfortable i think it's important to see kind of where you have them projected figure out why you're getting so much of them as opposed to just saying like, Oh, don't like that guy. Like need to pull it down. Um, you know, have an actual data point or reason that, that, that you're adjusting, not just, you know, don't like that guy. Do you like this guy? Whatever. Let's um, let's hit on one more thing before we get out of here, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. And remember, we've got one more day of the promo. Uh, th- if you haven't jumped in on it yet, I don't know what you're waiting for. You're getting 50% off the entire weekly NFL awesome. plus subscription. So that's ownership projections, top stack, top stack projections, which are super valuable. You know, if you've watched our baseball shows uh, and you've got the player projections, the lineup builder, all of our premium articles, you can get the fantasy cruncher add on uh, $7.50 a week. You're getting 50% off everything with our NFL product, everything behind paywall you have until tomorrow. It's valid through the 15th to use the promo code red zone, all one word, R E D Z O N E to get 50% off. Use that at checkout. When you go to awesome slash join, it's 50% off the week. Look, it, it, you, we just showed Alex Baker what was he seventh in the slant. Yep. Uh, he wins tournaments very frequently and he does them with these ownership projections, with the player projections, with these top stack tools. Uh, we don't just slap his name on it. These are the actual tools that he designed that he built and he uses and he puts on the site for other people to use as well. Now, look, you're not just going to, the truth is you still have to, you're still going to have to, to, to use your own intelligence a little bit to figure out ways uh, to win. It, it's, it's nothing. If any site ever tells you, I'm, I'll tell you this right now, if any site ever tells you that if you come there, it's a quick fix, bing, bang, boom. You just plug this in and it's a wrap and you're winning every day. They're lying to you. And I would recommend never going near them, but <laughs> seriously though like these are the preeminent tools out there that give you the best chance to win uh and and i believe that so it's 750 for one week of awesome plus nfl using that promo code red zone you've got through tomorrow uh to get that in there so one thing one more thing i think we should hit on before we get out of here josh and you're behind the controls today so maybe you can do this yeah just how big were the player pools for a lot of these top teams uh some weeks it's less, some weeks it's more, but I do think it's, it's real. It's vital to see what these player pools look like in total and at each position. So let me move this window over here for us. So everybody can see what I'm doing. Um, 116 people played 150 lineups in the slant. 
We'll start with Alex for right now. Alex played 100 had 125 players in his player pool. That is near the top. Um, also similar, 125 goes to 1-800-EDDIE. Not the same sort of experience. Uh, didn't have a positive day. 153 was the highest number. That's wow. massive. Massive. Um, and by the way, that guy's actually, you'll see him at the top of lineups quite often. Yeah, Rinpak also 136. That's near the top. And if we go all the way to the bottom, lowest amount used, 43. A uh, little bit more concentration um, down here, 43, 46, 48, 51. All looked pretty good. Um, Which one of those was Wakey? Uh, none, actually. Wakey really? was 62. So, Look yeah. at that, man. What a huge, huge difference. And by the way, Adam, I know you wanted to say something, but if you look at the bottom here, Marcus Supa's a very good player. Uh, McLovin's another one. These guys had 53 and 54 uh, player pools. So uh, going back to the whole, you know, multiple ways, many ways to skin a cat thing, there's, yeah. there's no question here that uh, not everyone is running out 120 players and not everyone's running out 50 or 60. Can Josh, can you look in the in the middle of that to see if if we see some recognizable players too? Yeah, you're going to we're, we're going to see the recognizable names in every sort of situation right. here. Which tells you a lot, yeah. right? Broflex 89. Uh There's Tom Kennedy at 108. There you go. See Adam at 120. I saw that above. Tried to highlight it a little bit. Uh, Chipotle Attic 78. You know, it's Everybody's coming at this from a different direction. Uh, we always get a lot of questions like, oh, what should I set this to? What you want to do is figure out what you think works best for you and then sort of try to do a little bit more research because the things that Adam or Alex or Eddie are doing to get 120 plus are going to look wildly different than some of the other pros that are here at the bottom. It's just a completely different mechanism. The variance on your output for those particular slates is going to look or generally can look way different. Um, you know, you're going to be worried, like you could have with, with a concentrated player pool down here, you get 78 of 150 lineups in the money, a hundred and or 105 out of 150. Whereas at the top, you know, we get Alex had 25 of 150 in the money, but because he's so diversified, one of them got loose, got to seven, paid him off for the entire contest. Adam, how do you, how do you see player pools each week? Will you, will there be one week where you play? a 60 person player pool and then others where you're at 120 is it is it relatively uh static from week to week or consistent from week to week uh what do you say about that it's, it's honestly something i don't pay attention to um okay. but oh, you don't even look at how many players you have before you submit lineups no i, I just found out when i pulled it up um <laughs> but in, in general um because I, I do the only time i really pay attention to it it's not before lock it's if i'm in a downswing i'm going back and looking at what i'm doing I'll start looking at my player pools compared to, to other players. Typically, I come in um, around the same as Alex. Um, I, I think that I'm typically a little bit on the high end. Like, I, I definitely don't play as concentrated as some other guys. Like, we, you know, I, I joked about Wakey, but he's someone that kind of notoriously plays really, really tight player pools, and I don't. Um, but, yeah, it's there, there's no one specific number. Like, it, it is week to week. I mean, there's going to be some weeks where there are guys that I just really – like one there's gonna be multiple guys that i'm just playing you know in a ton of lineups and that'll obviously drive it down um but yeah it's it's not something that i really look at one way or the other you can find this too emac just mentioned it uh the awesome o podcast network baby it's pretty awesome we've got 
uh, all of these shows being put on the podcast. So if you're you know, in a position where you'd rather just listen to it, maybe you're out for a walk with the dog or with a wife, you're exercising, you're in the car, uh, check it out uh, at the Awesome Podcast Network. You go to awesome.com too. You'll see at the top, we got Awesome DFS, Awesome Fantasy Football, Awesome Odds, Awesome Podcast Network, Side Action, and Odd Shopper, which I've, I know I've talked about it a lot. Odd Shopper's awesome. Like yeah. it, it is so cool uh, to be able to, and I used it yesterday. I used it for the, for the first time for NFL yesterday, being that it's new. And it was so cool to be able to just look up whatever I wanted and search it and find it right there and not only get those odds uh, easier than anywhere else you're going to find them, not only get those odds, but be able to, to shop them against five, six other books and figure there, there were some huge discrepancies. Like there were somewhere you could get over under rushing yards at 49 or receiving yards. And then the other one would be at like 45. Those three yards can make a huge difference. Like I had Aaron Jones yesterday at 66 and a half rushing yards. He finished with 67. So yes, the, the props aren't as sharp as you know, the spreads and totals, but in football, they're pretty sharp and you want to get every advantage you can. It's entirely free too. Uh, and we've got some pretty awesome, pretty awesome uh, promos or sign-up bonuses for all of these sites uh, if they're legal in your state, like $500, up to $500 risk-free first bets on FanDuel. Uh, same thing with, with MGM and, and a whole lot more. It, even if you're not huge in the betting, check this out. It helps with your research process too for DFS. Like it's completely free. You have the, the watch list on there. You can track all of your bets. You can get alerts when lines move to where you want to see them. Uh, it, it's pretty awesome, but yeah, check that out. And, and of course, check out the podcast as well. Um, what else do we have? What else do we have here before we close this out? Oh yeah. Look, Josh throwing it up there. Uh, obviously we don't have any, I don't know if we have the games up quite yet. Let's see. Did we did you get there? There you go. There you go. Sorry. I'm a little bit delayed here, but yeah, it's very awesome. Josh, uh, to close it out, what are your thinking? Final thoughts for week one? I'm glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> So am I. Adam, final thoughts, anything we should consider, or should we move on to week two and keep it rolling? Uh, yeah, ready, ready for week two. Um, one thing quickly I, I did want to point out, going back to the um, player pool conversation, just sort of looking, and it goes back to what you had mentioned, Lofty, about um, creating your own process. If you're trying to like look back and compare you know, how many people you played to, to everyone else, I think it is worth pointing out that most, I think there's like a higher distribution of the really successful players from from this week um they're really successful players but this week their player pools seem to be bigger like if you look at the guys towards the bottom of the players that you actually recognize a lot of them are like guys that play we know play a ton of money in cash games and so it's likely that they kind of were just running 150 lineups around like their cash pool um or it's players that we know their strategy is intentionally um they're willing to take on that risk so i think if you just kind of like if this was your first week playing 150 lineups you probably would prefer that your player pool be up towards the top there, unless you were doing something intentionally to limit it. Well, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for hanging out as always with us guys. It's a lot of fun breaking these slates down. Even for, you know, even if you have a bad week, uh, even if we have a bad week, I, it's still really helpful, not just for you, but for us as well to work through this entire process. So uh, thanks for hanging out. We will be back with you very shortly tomorrow, 11 AM on the, the uh, uh, NFL strategy show. And stick around throughout the day. There is no NBA, but there will be the MLB Live Before Lock, PGA First Look, and a whole lot more right here 
Stay with us. It's youtube.com slash awesome. The awesome NFL strategy show presented by no house advantage. We'll see you back here soon.